Hey now, it's Brace for Impact, and I'm your host, Mike Gilbert, and I'm joined once again, uh, my long-lost friend, uh, JD, got COVID again, Oliva. How you doing, JD? Round two. I liked I liked Delta so much, I tried down the BA5. I don't like it as much. It's much it's much easier to deal with, but it it's like luggage. I can't get rid of it. Yeah, it just kind of – so this one's like lingering for a little while, right? I have like no real symptoms, right? Like right. I was just tired. Like last time I was super tired. This time I'm like I'm kind of tired. Like I took the dog for a walk and I have like heavy legs. I live in the country, yeah. so don't worry about me like walking. I don't live near people. So <laughs> yeah. it was like, like my legs are just heavy and I'm annoyed. So that's where yeah. I'm at with this COVID thing this time. So. So when I had it in January, like I was pretty sick for like two or three days and then I was fine on like day four. And so day four, we were out in the country again and I went for a walk and there was like a little bit of an incline and all of a sudden my lungs felt like they were just shutting down on me and I had to immediately go back home and lay down for a while. Uh, And it was like that for like the next week where I couldn't do any like physical activity. I couldn't work out. I couldn't couldn't walk for too long. I had to take lots of breaks. It was uh, it was pretty terrible, man. COVID sucked. COVID sucks. I'm not. I've never. Like I had this is the time too. I never had it that bad. I remember last summer when I had it, I was just really tired. Like I might power wash the house. I'm like I have to take a nap. I made spaghetti sauce the next day, and I was like I I have to take a nap. Like this time around, I'm like taking naps because like I have nothing else to do. You know, the first yeah. two days I was I was pretty tired, actually, but not like not as tired as I was last time, but just tired. And now right. now my sleep schedule is all messed up. I couldn't fall asleep till four in the morning last night because I was napping the whole first couple of days. So it's just I just want a clear test. I'm hoping tomorrow clear test. Yeah, let's everybody hope uh, JD gets a clear test here pretty soon. And if uh, you are watching us on YouTube or Twitter or Facebook, please share the feed. Uh, invite your friends. I know it's a BFI Live. We're up all night like uh, Rhonda Shear back right. in uh, USA Network back in the 90s. But uh, I, I know it's a late one. And uh, we, we had a good show to review this week. I think I want to address uh, – Something that happened during the show, I want to address that first. All right, let's let's hit him with the Johnny Gargano news. Let's talk about Johnny oh, Gargano. Um, he uh, he made his impact debut, kind of, kind of made his impact debut this week. Um, he was featured in a uh, a pre tape, a video segment with um, uh, basically talking about Alex Shelley and um, saying that he, you know that Alex Shelley is great. He's underrated, yada, yada, yada. But it was an, like an Alex Shelley tribute video, almost bump pumping the match that he has upcoming against Josh Alexander, Josh Alexander at emergence. Um, but uh, SRS himself, Sean Ross Sapp, let's go ahead and put this up here. Tweeted out uh, that uh, yes, he made a surprise appearance, but this was in fact a favor and he is not actively in talks with impact. So wanted to go ahead and shut that down immediately before we ended up getting a bunch of questions. Hey, do you think Impact's going to sign Johnny Gargano? Uh, it doesn't even look like they're actively even working on anything or they're talking. Could, could it happen in the, in the future? Maybe, but who knows? He did a promo on his phone and then yeah. texted it to someone. I wonder who I wonder who he did the favor for. You think it's just for Alex Shelley? Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, Alex Shelley's a pretty well-respected guy. Very much. Um yeah, I, I don't know that Scott Demore has a relationship that hasn't really been made clear. But uh, I mean, it was kind of cool to, to see him on the show tonight. But uh, yeah, yeah, he's not actually doesn't look like he's coming in, so everybody can kind of uh, not get their hopes up on that deal. 
Well, look at it this way. If he was coming in, this is the worst way to debut somebody ever. Yes. Yes. Oh, hey, Joe so, Pearl. Uh, yeah. So whenever, yeah, whenever he whenever it was, um, oh, yeah, whenever, oh, yeah, it says uh, Joel Pearl. Yeah, on, Joel me, Pearl. Sorry, I didn't have the comment things up. So this is a uh, Joel from Fife. He said he and Shelly had a bunch of matches in 06, 07, and 2016. So thank you, Joel, for uh, jumping in there. Yeah, and um, he, um, you know, he's a great, great wrestler. I, I hope that they are able to try to bring him in at least for some matches. But I think with, and we'll get into the Triple H stuff. But I think with the current regime change in WWE, I don't think it's very likely that he would be making uh, making his way over to Impact. No, be a, like I said, if he was, it's a terrible way to debut. But that being said, because he's not, I thought it was actually a cool segment on the show. Like, I yeah, yeah, I, th- I thought it was cool. I did make the joke that they might have paid for a cameo uh, from Johnny, but uh, no, he was just uh, <laughs> he was just doing a just doing a favor, doing a solid for the homies there in Impact. So it's Impact, we don't have the budget for cameos. Those things are expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so you remember when uh, when Heath debuted and he was trying to get a job with Impact? Well, they actually hired uh, who was it? Chuck Norris, David Hasselhoff, and a few other like eighty celebrities uh, to do cameo videos to say give Heath a chance or something like that. So Impact does have a history of utilizing cameo to their advantage. I forgot about that. You're correct. It was <laughs> that is in continuity. Yep. Uh, so we're live, everybody. So welcome to all the homies. We got uh, my buddy Scope Wrestling. He actually sent me a T-shirt one time, and uh, I, I still have that to this day. And I, I check that. I wear that every now and then. And we got Lucha Doncic in the house. Doctor Preet, what's up, Doctor Preet? He's in the house, and of course, uh, Joel Pearl, the homie from Fightful, uh, who has a really good show on Fightful's YouTube uh, recapping impacts. Everybody, go check his show out. Um, but yeah, we had we had a really fun show tonight, man. Let's go ahead and. Uh, Let's go ahead and get into let's go ahead and get into the show. So on the pre-show, uh, BTI Bupinder Gujar defeated Vincent, and that was talking BTI. Um, rough, so rough week for Vincent, losing a lot. Yeah, yeah, rough week. Um, he was uh, on Ring of Honor this last weekend. He lost the the six man titles on uh, Death Before Dishonor against uh, was the the Righteous. Right, it's him, Tyler Bateman, and uh, who's the other guy? Dutch. What's his Dutch. name? Dutch, yeah, him and uh, the Righteous, and they took on uh, um, the boys and uh, who's that? Dalton Castle. Dalton Sorry, Castle. I for, yeah, I forgot his name for a second. They uh, they lost him, and uh, I thought that meant that he was probably on his way back to a Ring of Honor. But uh, um, and seeing him lose to Bupinder Gujar on uh, BTI with a little help from uh, Heath, I I still think he might be on the way out, man. I don't know, uh, you know. And then based on we'll talk about later, we get into the show. It would not surprise me. If Vincent is gone, I don't know, man. I, I, when he came here, I thought he was a perfect fit for Impact. I think he's been a little underutilized because we like to do the weird Impact, and Vincent's very, very weird. The Righteous yeah. is a fantastic act. Like, yeah, it's it's the Wyatt family without the supernatural stuff. It's just weird Wyatt family. Like, and actually, yeah. I like I actually preferred the Righteous to many, many aspects of the of the Wyatt family. So, um, if they're not, if he's not going to leave Impact. They should bring in the righteous. Hell yeah, man! I so I some people were down on that trios match at Death Ooh. Before Dishonor, but I I thought it was pretty good. I don't know, yeah. I liked it. Yeah, I was I, entertained. I, 
I thought yeah. it was fine. Like, I don't know. Against me, because I'm a Ring of Honor fan and have been like a long time Ring of Honor fan. Like Dalton Castle and the Boys is one, of, and clearly Tony Khan is too. Because Dalton Castle yeah. and the Boys, the original Boys, is a great act, and The Righteous is fun. So yeah, it's good, good Ring of Honor stuff in that one. Bro, I don't know if you saw this, but we have a mutual friend. I'm not going to say any names. That's kind of plugged into Ring of Honor. He said that Dalton Castle and the Boys, oh, yeah. dude, like he does not like them at all. <laughs> I did see that. I was entertained by it. We will keep that kayfabe. Yeah, yeah, we we won't say who said that, but uh, yeah, uh, I was like, oh, really? Well, this actually just got a lot more interesting. So, <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah. So, Bupinder Gujar defeated Vincent on the pre-show. So, see you later, Vincent. Uh, we got the opening video featured last week's main event uh, of the number one contenders match between Alex Shelley and Chris Saban. Jay, did you get? Yeah, I know you were in Fargo. Did you get, get a chance to watch that match? I didn't watch any TV for two weeks. Oh man, so. Uh, on your uh, quarantine, man, I suggest you go and watch it. It was a uh, outstanding, really good match, definitely. Yeah, and then another really good match. We opened up with Eddie Edwards uh, being uh, came to the ring with Kenny King. There, he defeated Ace Austin of the Bullet Club. At one point, uh, Chris Bay and Kenny King were ejected from ringside. But uh, I, I thought this was an awesome match, a great way to kick off the show. Austin nailed a kick but missed the fold, and Edwards landed a Tiger Driver but only managed a two count. Edwards followed it up with a Die Hard Driver, which I I really like that as his finisher. By the way, the Die Me Hard too. Driver. Yeah, uh, better than the Boston Knee Party, I gotta say. Uh, and that was all she wrote for Austin as the leader of Honor No More celebrated his hard-fought victory. Uh, this is the first time these guys have wrestled in a long time, and this time, it's kind of interesting with Ace Austin being the babyface and Eddie the heel on this one. But I, I really dug the match. What'd you think? It's weird seeing Bullet Club just presented as straight baby faces because I'm watching the show. I'm like, who's supposed to be the heel here? And I keep forgetting that Bullet Club and Impact. Because again, I've been out, I've been out for two weeks. I keep forgetting that Bullet Club is he, our, our baby faces here. That said, like the like the match a lot. Um, yeah, Eddie's we're programming Eddie for a world title match coming up, right? Like that has to be where it's going. Well, you would think so, but if you're programming Eddie for a world title match, chances are that means he's going to lose pretty soon because that's what they do here. That is true. Yeah, well, we, yeah so, everybody loses. I mean, here. I mean, can Eddie really be the world champion if he uh, hasn't won a battle royal or won a number one contenders match? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know because because look because Shelly Shelly beat Saban last week and he wasn't. Really, a guy that they had gotten behind. He'd only had the one victory all year over Macklin, and he, and then he was just kind of put into the number one contenders match just because he's Alex Shelley and he's a legend. And uh, he's also not right signed, I believe. Like he just is. He, he's just doing dates for us, right? I I think so. I think so. So that's why I was like, oh, it makes sense to have Saban here. So I I don't know. I I've been saying that they want to um they want to get Eddie ready for a title shot, but with, you know, we'll, and we'll talk about it later, the big match that honor no more has again, or has an emergence kind of tells me, I don't know, man, maybe, uh, maybe they're not going to go that way. Who knows? Um, impact impact booking is kind of weird, man. It's been a little suspect this summer, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Not arguing one bit. I mean, we're not programming anyone else to get there. So it's like, I'm trying to read the tea leaves here and believe me, I'm going to be in the crowd when emergence is going to be in Chicago, looking forward to it. Alex Shelley's not winning a title, right? No. Who, who else is coming up? Like, got to be Eddie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Eddie or Saban, right? But Saban just s- lost the contenders could, match. But Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like I've been saying this for months. Like, I don't know. I give up. Yeah. It's it's really hard to decipher what's going on there. Um, uh, backstage, Jim Miller confronted Heath and his actions on taking out every member of Honor No More. He stated that because Honor No More hurt his friends, Rhino, basically, that he was going to do the same to every member of their group. Um, then we go 
we go to Jim Miller again. <laughs> so Jim Miller's with uh, world champion Alexander. Alexander reflected on his recent matches and his upcoming match against Shira later tonight. Before being interrupted by Alex Shelley, Shelley talked about their upcoming championship match at Emergence and wished him success tonight. So we got babyface, babyface going on. And then we get to uh, one of the main events of the evening. We get to Laredo Kid and Trey Miguel against Johnny Damn Swinger and Zicky Dice, the legendary Johnny Swinger. Let's get uh, Joel up here. He wants uh, Josh Alexander versus the Swingman. I don't disagree. I think in a Swingers Dungeon God, match, you, be, you remember that'd be so you, entertaining. <laughs> yeah, you remember uh, like what? Who is who had the dungeon match? It was Owen Hart versus Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock. Yeah. Why can't we do something like that here? Just you know. Oh my God! Can you imagine how funny and perverse that would be? Like a swingers dungeon match. Yeah, a swingers dungeon match. Would, Wait, I think we need to do this. It would have to be an Impact Plus special, right? It's the only way you could do it to really, yeah, go full, go full more into this thing. I I now need to see this. Yeah. Um, so this match was weird. Um, so at one point, Swinger and Dice, they put on their demolition kind of BDSM masks and they were hoping it was kind of like, you know, the killer bees. They like put the on the mask magic, and they were yeah. going to do the, they're going to do the switcheroo, but unfortunately they were wearing completely different gear and they had different masks. So I, these, I thought, it, I thought it was hilarious. I, I, I thought got, it was great. <laughs> I thought it was, I mean, I got a good laugh because we have seen a little bit like AEW <laughs> with the renegades and doing a little bit of the twin magic thing. It's corny. Yeah. So I I don't know I enjoy I enjoy everything about the Johnny Swinger character taking the piss out of pro wrestling tropes so yeah I got a good laugh at it Zicky's a perfect little uh, sidekick for him it's a non consequential match and hey a luchador won yeah yeah we got a luchador getting a victory Laredo Kid actually won last week um, and because they're going to Chicago at Cicero Stadium where they have a heavy Hispanic population they're promoting the hell out of the luchador so they're actually pretending to care about these fucking guys for like the next uh, couple of weeks until after they get out of Chicago I will tell this story forever of being at the MLW pay-per-view in 2019 where this dude in a drum he had his giant drum and he just banged on it all show park up yeah. park up just chanting for La Parca, L.A. Park, excuse me, the whole time. Right. And, like, they tolerated Thatcher, Davy Boy Smith. They were not in the mood for any grappling. They wanted Lucha all night long. So the fact that we're going to start promoting our Luchadors going into Chicago is a very good move because Cicero, very heavily uh, Latino populated, and they love their Lucha, and I'm, I can't disagree. Let's push Laredo Kid. Yeah, I mean, we got to do it even even when we're not going to Chicago. Let's just push them all the time. Yeah, I think. That, that, but, uh, that would be the smart thing to do, but we don't do that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so let's let's go. So, kid was tagged in after Dice and Swinger collected their thoughts outside the ring. They dug into their fanny packs, and both men were wearing half masks. But who was who? Comedy at its finest, people. Um, the great plan by a Swinger and Dice was uh, unsuccessful as Dice was nailed with a meteora by Miguel, followed by a frog splash by Kid, and Dice was on the wrong end of the one, two, three. So, Kid and Miguel, and I thought I loved this whole thing. This was, it was fun. Yeah, it's stupid. It's a TV, so you get you can get away with this stuff. Um, backstage, Brian Myers was confronted once again by Gujar. Uh, could before he could say anything, Crazy Steve and Black Taurus of Decay interrupted. Steve noted that Myers was going to lose his title against uh, Taurus next week. As a puzzle, Gujo took it all in. Myers concluded the segment by stating that uh, he never says no to a challenge. Actually, they wrote this wrong because um, he was trying to avoid the fact that this was happening. and said, well, you got to you got to go through Scott. You can't just make the match. You got to yeah. go through Scott Demore. Scott Demore appears out of nowhere and he goes, all right, match is booked. And I was like, that Gujo. Was 
That was yeah. That was that was the humor of it, you know. Yeah, that was the humor. But man, Gujar, you're doing this all wrong. Taurus just went and asked for the match, and he got it. Gujar's been actually trying to win matches. Yeah, this is impact. There's yeah, no ranking system and impact. You just go to Scott. Again, this whole segment I, I tweeted out yesterday, and this whole thing supports my theory that impact wrestling cannot be viewed like you've watched Dynamite or you'd like watch Raw. Impact wrestling is a show about people making a wrestling show that also yes. shows us the wrestling. The closest thing you can relate impact to is the Muppet show. And this yes. was great example of Scott being Kermit. Right. Mm -hmm. Trying to keep all these crazy people running and, you know, keep the ships moving like it is. It cracked me up because I'm like, I'm right. This is the this is exactly (laughs) what the show is. Yeah, this is a wrestling show about producing a wrestling show. And they actually don't. Most of the matches don't even get booked until after the show's already started. So that's yeah. Every week. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Oh, official little silver is back in the house uh, and he wants them to sign Johnny Gargano. Not looking good, buddy, but I I hope, I hope uh, it happens, man. I'd love to see it, especially for a guy with an impact podcast. I think that would be great for me. That would be great, but are you aware there's this thing that happened in Stanford last week? (laughs) Big big shakeup. Yes. Yeah, big shakeup. Little guys are going to get pushed again. We'll we'll talk about that later. All right. uh, So the bathroom break happened next. It was Tiffany Nieves defeating Jada. This was an OVW showcase thing. They were not very good. Uh, Tasha Steeles was funny on commentary. But the most important thing happened was uh, after the match was over, thankfully, and painfully over, uh, Killer Kelly came out and kicked some ass. So that was cool. I was so into this match that I actually Wikipedia Tasha Steeles, and I learned that she's only a year younger than John Moxley. Isn't that crazy to think about that? Really? Like, yeah, I thought started, she was like in her early 20s. No, she's 35. She started, really? she started wrestling in her 30s. And like I would never would have oh, wow. guessed that. I was like, hmm. again, I was so enthralled with this OVW match that I went and read up on Tasha Steeles' career. And I came back when K- Killer Kelly came back. When Killer Kelly came back, there's a lot of Ks in that. Um, that's awesome. I'm really happy she signed, yeah. she signed an extension too, right? And Steeles? No, no uh, Killer Kelly that. did. Yeah, yeah Killer Kelly did. Yeah, yeah. We're going to get into that uh, um, foreshadowing, sir. We're going to get into that in the news That's segment. True. But uh, I thought it was Bray yeah. Wyatt at first of all, that red. <laughs> yeah, yeah. no, Kill- Killer Kelly is uh, is here, and she's going to be around for a while. So uh, good uh, good looking out there. Uh, and it looks like we're going to get Killer Kelly and Tasha Steele's at Emergence. So that'll be fun. Stay tuned for that. Yeah, it should be fun. Yeah. Then we had a backstage promo featuring Violent by Design sitting in a stairwell. So Eric Young was on one side of the stairwell and Diener was on the other side sitting down opposite. They were like on the staircase. Other. Like they were like, yeah, like, uh, uh, uh. Eric's on the up and Cody's on the down and they're having a conversation. And I hate these things. They're having a conversation into the camera. Like it was, it worked. It's fine. It was yeah. weird. It was weird, but basically uh, they were just talking about um, that uh, they were going to take out Motor City Machine Guns, and then after that, they're going to take out Kushida. So, um, And then a video package aired focusing on the greatness of Alex Shelley leading into his world championship match at Emergence, and we had comments from Chris Saban, Johnny Gargano. That was the big surprise. Uh, Kushida, Sammy Callahan, Scott Demore, and uh, Trey Miguel. I really thought this was an effective way to build up that match. I really love this. I think Impact does the best video promos in the game as far as like pushing, not just recapping because WWE does like, I watched Raw this week with the three hour Raw. Um, Impact doesn't just you know do video packages to wrap things up. They like use video packages to 
push a story or like get you into the idea of a contender. And this is a great example of it. Like this makes you appreciate how awesome Alex Shelley is. And, and it gets, it's getting me excited for the match to be honest with you. I don't expect him to win, but Hey, they're mm-hmm. selling, they're selling me a ticket. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really, really looking forward to the match too. And Alex Shelley is an absolute legend of impact and uh, should be great. <clears throat> Josh Alexander defeated Shira in a non-title match. Um, it was two bulls battling. Alexander followed up a running crossbody as Shira was sitting on the ring apron. Singh, uh, Singh attempted to get involved with Rizal Alexander as he sent Shira back into the ring, locked in the ankle lock, and picked up a submission victory, looking strong in a really quick match. Uh, heading into uh, emergence, um, I I dug this. I I I, I don't mind a good squash match. Uh, Shira is an intimidating looking guy. You know, kind of reminded me of the. Uh, the, the I'm gonna really date myself, but. Uh, like the first episode of Saturday night's main event was Hulk Hogan versus Nikolai Volkov. And he just comes down and Nikolai's just a big heel that once had a little bit of credibility and he just got his ass kicked in a few minutes. That's kind of what it reminded me of. I don't hate the, I mean, like I think some people get so wrapped up in the kayfabiness of it that I think that we lose the value of having your world champion out there beating people. Right. I think yeah. AEW's done a great job of that with John Moxley. And be like, why is this guy getting the title match? It's like so we can watch the best guy in the company wrestle. That's why. That's like, it. there's nothing wrong with having your world champion out there beating people. Like, um, I made me think about this too. I'm like, oh, we kind of got this with Josh and Shira tonight, and we kind of had Ru- we had Rush and Mox last night. Um, different match altogether. But I mean, like the right. idea of just getting your you, at no point do you think that the champion is going to lose, but that's okay because we just want to see the best guy out there kicking ass, right? Yeah. There's yeah, nothing yeah. wrong with that. So I was a big fan of this. Yeah, big fan of this. And you know what? I got to give it to him. Um, Shira, you know, he, he had a match a couple weeks ago against Rich Swan, and I know that it was Rich Swan carrying him. I totally get it. But for what he did and the part that he played, I thought he was very good playing that big heel. And I thought he was good against Alexander. He didn't have to do much, right? But I think he plays his part pretty well. I, I dig what he's up to. Here's, here's a hot take for you. Shira's gotten better. Yeah. No, absolutely. 100%. He's not as bad as he. He's not. He's never going to be a great worker, but he, yeah. I think he's gotten a lot better. I really do. Yeah. No. I. I, I feel you. I feel you one hundred percent. Backstage, we have uh, Jim Miller with uh, the Moose. Uh, Gia questioned Moose on whether he had an alliance with Steve Macklin, and Moose told her that was ridiculous and denied any loyalty to Macklin before taking off. So, I think you know what, as we know here on uh, Brace for Impact, Moose is a liar. Yes. First hand. Hey, Moose, First congratulations hand. on signing your new contract. I haven't signed a contract. <laughs> 15 minutes later, the press release hits that he signed the contract. I, Man, lied to us. Without yeah, even, I, well, I appreciate that. I appreciate a professional wrestler just straight up lying to me. Like, and and he did it so nonchalantly too. Yes. Like, <laughs> like he had no problems. Like I'm just gonna lie to these two fucking white guys. Straight up lied to us and had no qualm <laughs> yeah. with it. And I say thank you. I, I I understand professional wrestling is a giant con, and I appreciate yeah. people who don't try to convince me otherwise. Yeah. Uh, backstage, John and Amore was upset about the continuous attacks by Heath and uh, ran into Demore. They asked him what he was going to do about it, and he also demanded a world. They also demanded a world tag team title match. Before Demore can pro- properly respond, Maria started yelling from a distance. Anna Demore took off to find out what happened. They were looking for Mike Bennett. That was left off of this uh, verbiage here. Uh, Demore uh, looked at Edwards and wished him luck with his crew, and he went to his office um, as Edwards scrambled away. 
Um, so yeah, they're foreshadowing something bigger happening later. Uh, backstage VXT. I know they're called vexed. I understand this, but you don't get me to pronounce a vowel unless you give me a vowel. I'm sorry. It's VXT. Sorry. Well, that's but, how vowels, but that's how these things work. When you, when you neglect the vowel, you're supposed to yeah. do the consonants together and pronounce the word. Although, right. because we have NXT and we're, our brains are so programmed, yeah. you look at that and you don't think vexed, you think VXT, right? right? So I'm with you on that. Well, and they haven't explained what uh, VXT stands for yet, so I'm waiting to hear back. And but, uh... <laughs> so how are they, are they, do they frustrate people? Because that's what you vex them. Like, I'm vexed, I'm confused, I'm upset. Like, is that well, what I that? When I when I saw the the symbol or the the letters or the uh, the acronym, I was like, it must stand for virtuosa and you know X can be and, but then I was like, wait a minute, what does the T stand for? Because it's Chelsea Green. I Terrible. don't know what the T. Ter- <laughs> so I'm like, I I don't know what the T could actually stand for, and I know it's a play on NXT. Yeah, Lil Silver's hopping in. It's a play on NXT, and it's something that uh, Perazzo had started. So you said, I think the name was going to be used. When they were part of NXT, so they were going to be VXT. So uh, yeah, he said he's going to do more research. Impact then it, tell us then it would be VXT. It, w- it wouldn't yeah. be Vexed. We don't call that show Next. We call it NXT. No. Well, you know, people who don't watch it might call it Next, but no, it's NXT. Mike, what do we say about casuals on this show? Fuck the casuals. That's right. 100%. Yeah, we day. don't care what they think. No don't way. like their feelings. Don't like them at all. Nope. Um, but anyway, backstage VXT was planning a party before Jessica interrupted. So, okay, JD, you've been gone for two weeks. So they found Jessica Havoc in the undead realm, and she has been manipulated into being some type of party girl. And she doesn't want to be called Jessica Havoc. She just wants to be called Jessica. So that's where we're at. So just to give you a little bit of background info on why this is happening and this uh, great stuff we got going on here, Mother Jessica show. stated – yeah, Jessica stated that she liked to party before Rosemary and Taya arrived on the scene. The Knockouts World Tag Team Champions reminded Jessica on who their enemy is coming up and emerges before dragging her away. And then as she's being dragged away, she actually goes back and she said, hey, can you put me on the list? My name's Jessica with the CK because I'm sick. And I was so mad at that point when she said that because I started I laughing because I laughed so hard. And I was like, damn it, I'm supposed to hate this segment, but you made me laugh. So mm-hmm. now I'm even more mad. What the hell, Havoc? Okay. I'm really – because I remember when this happened, I was really glad that I missed it, the whole thing. Because you know <laughs> how I feel about the undead realm. Yeah. And I saw this, and I'm like, this is so bad. But then she did that because I'm sick, and I started laughing. <laughs> and I had the same reaction. I was just disappointed in myself. Yeah, because I'm like – I don't have to yeah, like I really, I know I really should be better than this, but I'm not. And it's I unfortunate. I, I had high hopes for myself. So but, uh, I think no this – once you subscribe to my theory that Impact is, in fact, the Muppet Show, it makes a lot of the stupid stuff a lot easier to digest because you're not supposed yeah. to take it seriously. You're supposed to think it's stupid because it is stupid. Yeah. So just embrace it <laughs> and be like, yes, this is stupid. Yeah, They're aware yeah. of it. They're all in on it. Oh, yeah. And they're having fun with it. You could tell. Yeah. I oh, get yeah. the feeling like when they produce it, they all probably started laughing their asses off um, at just how ridiculous Havoc was. Well, you know, we don't do a take two in Impact, so I mean, no. I give a lot of credit for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Raj Singh was in the ring complaining about Alexander's victory over Shira. Oh, so I read the reports for the uh, the spoiler reports. Apparently, Shira was legitimately injured here, so I hope he's oh, okay. Really? I don't know. 
Yeah, no, no, like actual injury report has come out, but they said that uh, Tommy Dreamer and others actually had to help him out of the ring, and it was actually a longer segment. They had to go home early, so they actually edited a lot of that out. I forgot to mention that. So, uh, yeah, we hope uh, Shira's okay there. But um, well, said he wasn't leaving. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. He said he wasn't leaving and wanted justice. The lights went out, came back on. Callahan in the ring hits him with a bat. Boom! Cactus Driver ninety-seven before grabbing the mic and stated he was coming after Moose and Macklin. So. Um, uh, you know, I, you weren't on the show last week. I have, I have a theory. Go for it. All right. It's not really a prediction. It's just like, it's just an idea. What if, what if at emergence, we get the switchblades Moxley and Callahan versus Moose and Macklin. The switchblades are back on the indie scene. They just worked a tag match against the American wolves, Richards and Edwards. Um, my only don't. And we've seen AEW talent come over before. They're not really hyping it up because it's on a Friday night. It might actually go head to head with Rampage. But uh, is that something that's even possible? I will give you ten thousand dollars if that happens. Hold on, I'm gonna. Mark you know, I'm gonna word. clip. Mark, I'm gonna clip, clip this. this. Clip I'm gonna this. clip this. Okay, I'm gonna. AEW is not going to let their world champion appear in Impact again. It's not going to happen. Well, it's not like it went too bad last time. No, it went great last time. It was yeah. some of the best TV we've produced. But it's not gonna not this time. It's not gonna All happen. Right. I would it be great? Absolutely. I'll be there. It would be fantastic. Yeah. But yeah. I don't I don't foresee that happening. That being said, he I, okay, let's play real world. Like let's right. live in the real world. Who is Sammy gonna tag up with? Exactly. So I'm, I'm trying to, I'm racking my brain and I can't think of anybody that's on the roster that he would be tagging with because he doesn't have any fucking friends in this company. Nobody likes the guy. That is true. Yeah. So I, I know he, I know he trained guys like Trey Miguel and these other guys, but that's like, that's like real world stuff, you know, in like kayfabe, he doesn't really have any friends in the company. So I'm like, you got to go outside the company, right? That's a main event angle though. You're bringing in John Moxley. Like, I mean, that would be. You would advertise that would be like that would be the main event. Yeah, yeah that that would be the main event. Oh, Uh, Scott, Scott yeah, Scott's got a good idea. There you go. Actually, actually, honestly, that would be great. I honestly would would really enjoy that. Quite (laughs) frankly, brought Nick Gage into Impact, I would be I would be perfectly fine with this. I think he's actually got a no compete with GCW though, doesn't he? Yeah, but they're friendly. I I think they could probably work something out with GCW. Um, I would. I think that's more realistic than John Moxley, quite frankly. I, I think you could trade GCW like a case of meth or something, and then you can get one of the wrestlers. You said it. I didn't. <laughs> so Nobody's watching this thing. It's, I can say whatever I want. <laughs> um, so a promo aired for the Ric Flair moment of the week, and it was one of my favorite freaking moments in the history of wrestling. The woo battle with Jay Lethal. They actually played mostly the whole thing, man. And I, I typically skip these th- uh, throwback moments, but this one I was watching f- intently because I love this moment so much. One of my favorite in the history of wrestling. Why do they call him Desmond Wolf? I'll never understand that. <laughs> like I think every time I watch this, I think that I'm like, why is Nigel Desmond Wolf? I will never, well, I will never understand that. Well, because Dixie wanted to be Stephanie McMahon, and Stephanie McMahon at the time was really big into eight writers, and she was they were in WWE was big into owning talent names, right? The owning the IP and the trademark. So when they brought him in, and he wasn't like he was a Ring of Honor name, but he wasn't really a widely known name. So they're like, I want to own this guy's name, and in the process, they made him less over. It was yeah. ridiculous. It was stupid. They, they ruined him. 
Because yeah. he's not. He took away everything that was cool about Nigel McGuinness and trying to make him yeah. like different. It's stupid when WWE does it. But yeah, he's sitting there with I, AJ Styles ridiculous. and and Bobby Roode and and James Storm. I mean, like and Desmond Wolf. I mean, first of all, Fortune was stupid to begin with. Like <laughs> yeah. that's the highlight of the entire stable is the woo thing with Jay Lethal. Like that's the coolest yeah. thing they ever did. Because they let's not even get into what they did to AJ. That in itself was a good moment. It was yeah. all downhill from there. Yeah. Um, and then we got we got we got Rick Flair's uh we got Rick Flair's last match coming up this weekend and uh, Dr. Preet almost made JD choke on his uh on his what are you drinking there by the way JD? Cherry Coke Zero. Bro, hey, this this podcast is brought to you by Coke Zero. Coke Zero is all right, go. man. Trying to watch those yeah, calories. I, I can't exercise, I, so I have to watch the calorie intake this week. Yeah. I dig it. Backstage, Jim Miller was with uh, the HBIC Mia Yim. Dude, so somebody in the Impact chat didn't know what HBIC was. So I decided to to say there was heavy breasts in charge just to see if they would say. Dude. The, guy, the, guy, the guy responded back, oh, thank you. <laughs> so now he just, that's what he thinks it is. You're a troll. So, yeah, I have to mess with the kids in the impact chat. Some of them uh, did not graduate high school. So, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, she was uh, she was with Mia Yim. Yim stated that she was uh, going to come out of emergence as the new Knockouts World Champion before the video went faulty. Uh, commentary apologized for the video for a split second. There, I was like, "Oh my god, are we really? Uh, did we actually get Bray Wyatt? What's going on here?" But no, it was just honor no more doing the NWO stuff at the uh, at the truck. They were uh, ruining the show, and uh, Scott Demore confronted Honor Demore, who were uh, attempting to rip apart the media trailer. Demore stated that enough was enough, and that there would be a five-on-five match at Emerges featuring uh, Honor Demore against the Bullet Club. And if Honor Demore wins, they get their title shot. If they lose, they must disband forever, which is probably why Vincent was on Ring of Honor this week. <laughs> Could be. So yeah. I have I have complicated feelings on this segment because I've always I was mock, oh, you know, Impact. We don't do take two. And they did a thing with Mia, and I'm like, why would they even do this? I think, yeah. why would they even show half an interview? Like, why can't they just do take two? And yeah. then, and then I realized, oh, they got me. They, they did because they have bad yeah. production constantly. But then, okay, in the kayfabe, I absolutely loved it. But then I'm watching, I'm like, that's not how you interrupt. I said the show isn't transmitted, so you can't interrupt the transmission. It's shut. It's but t- you don't know. That. But I know. I, I know yeah, that. On. I know. I know that. But. Right. They don't know. I mean, that's fine. That's in the <laughs> yeah. kayfabe. I thought it really worked, but they're just like pulling on, pulling plugs, and I'm like, that's not how you do that. But again, this is what I do. This is what I teach. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this was fun. I actually really like this segment. Yeah. I like you like too. I like how Scott did the callback to uh, Team Canada being in the same situation some 18 years ago. Yeah, with old James E. Cornette. Yeah, I dug this. I kind of rolled my eyes when we got another five-on-five five match, but I get the feeling yeah. this will be the last one we see with Honor No More because I, I think Honor No More is no more. Well, um, it, it, we've, we said it before. Honor No More kind of outlived its usefulness when Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor. Yeah. Right? It just – it was a great idea. And, again, I never thought they were quite pushed to the level they should have been pushed. I think they should have been the NWO from day one and run rough shot. They didn't really see it that way. They they did it, whatever. I mean, like, you critique art by what it is, not by what you think it should be. So I'm not going to be that right. guy. Um, yeah. I think it's time. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's time. I think I'd like Eddie with OGK together. 
And like you were saying, bring in the righteous. If, if Vincent's not going to sign with Ring of Honor, I'd like to see them bring in the righteous. And then uh, Kenny King can go do Kenny King things and be in the X Division and do his deal there. And then PCO is a, a top babyface in the company. So. Which is people cheering him anyway. This thing about this Honor No More, all they have linking them together is that Ring of Honor connection, right? Yeah. And now it doesn't make sense because Ring of Honor is alive. I don't know if it's alive and well, but it's alive. I paid right. for their pay-per-view, um, which I said I wasn't going to do. But I did because I'm a moron. Um, why is Vincent hanging out with these guys, right? Why does this weirdo with the tight pants and the dreadlocks hanging out with Mike Bennett? Like it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Why do they hang out with PCO? Like the only thing linking them is ROH, and if ROH isn't part of this anymore, it's just time to move on, right? And yeah. I think that's for everyone's benefit because I think I think if Vincent stays here, which I'm advocating, he could be so much more. Right. Yeah. If you just bring in bring in the righteous whole cloth, let him be Vincent. You've got kind of your own eh, poor man's Bray Wyatt, right? Because you can't get that guy. But yep. Balloon Guy can do a lot of good things, right? I'm yeah. I'm a fan. Like let Kenny King. Be I like Kenny King. Yeah, I do too. Like let let um OGK just do their OGK thing because we need tag teams. So mm-hmm. let's just end this this um thing that's a kind of outlived its usefulness. agree. Um, So we get to our main event, and we got Kushida and Rich Swan. and I loved this match. I thought it was a great, great main event. It's like the fourth week in a row that if if Dave Meltzer actually watched this, he would actually rate the matches, and this is probably like above four stars. I I really enjoyed the match. Um, Both both guys are fantastic. Um, Kushida countered with some chops, and Swan missed uh, with one of his own into the ring post. We're back inside the ring after uh, both men collided in the center of the ring with flying cross bodies. Kushida recovered quickly, and Swan soon found himself locked in a Kimura lock by Kushida. Swan got to the ropes, and Kushida continued to focus on the left arm of Swan before Swan was able to make a comeback. Swan missed the Phoenix Splash, and Kushida went right back to the left arm of Swan. Swan managed to hit Kushida with a top rope uh, Hurricane Rana, but when we uh, went to follow up by climbing the turnbuckles again, Kushida recovered and caught Swan on the top rope. Uh, Kushida locked in the hoverboard lock uh, on the top rope, flipped him over, sent both himself and Swan crashing down to the mat, and got the victory. Uh, Awesome, awesome match. Great main event. Uh, What'd you think, man? Really good match, surprising result. I, you know, I wasn't surprised, you know, because they they haven't really gotten behind Swan a lot lately. So, I mean, he's um, Kushida doesn't work here, right? Kushida is going to come in no. and then he's going to go back to New Japan. If he does mostly stuff in the US, it's going to be strong. So he'll show up here and there a little bit. It was surprising to me that they put him over the guy who who was going to be here for you know every day, who's our former world champion. You know, yeah. I think we've all forgotten that Rich Swan's a former world champion. I just, I was, I good match, loved the match. One of my favorite matches of the week. A lot of good wrestling this week, actually. A lot of good wrestling this week. Um, I was just surprised by the result. It, it I don't want to say disappointed me. It just surprised me in, in a way that I didn't love, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think that uh, we might be getting Kushida versus uh, Speedball at Emergence. And Speedball okay will get that. the get the victory for Team Impact here. Um, Kushida has a connection with Scott Demore. I think Scott Demore trained oh. him for a little while. So I not Scott Demore trained everybody. Like I'm yeah. not surprised to to see that. It's just like with the New Japan guy, his priority is going to be New Japan as always. Yeah. So I mean, and then Kushida, I believe he wants to go home. So I think that's one one of the reasons with him leaving. So I mean, he's going to spend most of his time there. If he comes here on occasion, cool, no problem. But it's not like. 
it's not like he's a guy who's going to be here every show. You know, again, I just wonder, like, I just wonder if, um, if we're not doing enough with Rich Swan. You know, as a guy who's a former world champion, who was involved in yeah. one of the biggest matches in, in this iteration of the company's history, him and Kenny Omega, a big match. It big, biggest match like, in Anthem-owned Impact history. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I don't really, I don't really feel like we treat him like a main eventer in a company that I think is hurting for main eventers. Because again, we talk, we can't figure out who Josh is going to go up against next, right? Right. We got a guy who's a former world champion who's just kind of. It's just kind of there. And sitting there waiting to win a gauntlet match or a battle yeah. royal or something for another title shot, even though he doesn't yeah. win I just, every week. I, yeah. I, as we talk about, about booking being sketchy, I mean, I think I think we've got this weird thing going on right now. Whereas I think last year, I think the matches were all the time weren't great, but I thought the booking was pretty solid. This year, I think it's kind of opposite. I think we've got good matches every week, but I don't think our booking is um, – is top notch sometimes where I just don't yeah. understand. I don't understand what we're doing all the time and I don't understand why we're doing it. Yeah. And I, they're relying on good matches to make up for the booking. Yeah. But unfortunately the ratings are reflective. They've been down quite a bit lately. And it's because I just don't think that the stories are all that interesting and how we get to these good matches aren't that interesting. So the matches are still good they're as good, standalone yeah. matches, but the stories leading into the matches, I don't really care too much about. It's just weird to say that I think that – I think that there was a time when good wrestling was hard to come by, right, in yeah. the mainstream, where most wrestling on TV was god-awful, right? If you go back and watch Nitro and Raw, Nitro, you get some good wrestling from the Luchadors or from the Cruisers, and that was like it. And then you'd watch mm -hmm. Raw, and they'd never have good matches on Raw. Now, we have good matches well, everywhere, but most weeks, like, mm -hmm. we have really good matches across multiple platforms, Right. And like, I feel like I don't want to say it's easier to have a good match, but I feel like we get a lot of good matches where I don't it's, feel like we get a lot of good storytelling. And I'm not just talking impact. I'm talking across the board. Yeah. Right. Like we had one good episode of Dynamite. We had some good booking and people were losing their minds because we had decent storytelling. Right. Like, yeah. That should be. That should be because we can control that. Right. That should be the mm -hmm. thing we should have more frequently. We should have like good storytelling all the time. You know, I don't know, man. It's just it's this weird thing I've been thinking about lately. No, I I, I feel it. Um, I thought tonight's episode was really good. I mean, look, the it was bookended it was. by two great matches, mm -hmm. and then I thought the the short matches that they had in the middle were effective, and yeah. I liked them. They didn't overstay their welcome, mm -hmm. so I liked that. Except for the OVW showcase, I thought that was a complete waste of time. I thought the moment that bell rang, Killer Kelly should have came down and. Killed both those chicks. <laughs> I almost feel like not we were, let them wrestle. I almost feel like we were watching a tryout match, and I'm like, I don't need to watch your tryout matches. Scott should be watching yeah. tryout matches. I don't need to watch tryout matches. Yeah, the wrestling was fine. I have no. The wrestling was good. It was better than fine. It was good. The storytelling, I scratch my head at sometimes. Yeah, you know, like I don't know where we're going with our world title. I don't. I don't know. Like, there's no story being done, and like. There's no story really being done in the X division. There's no real stories with tags right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, mm -hmm. I just feel like, I feel like I need some, like, I feel like I can get good wrestling anywhere. I, I feel like I've, I, I, to watch television week in and week out, I need like, I need something to entice me to come back, like story wise. Like, I feel like, I feel like good wrestling isn't enough anymore. Am I yeah, wrong on that? No. I mean, like, there's people no, in the chat. No, I, 
No, I no, I I totally agree. I think you need to have a good balance of both. I think you need good stories that lead to good matches, right? Um, and you get these cold matches on TV without a whole lot of story. It's like, yeah, the match is still good, but do I care? And I, am I going to remember this next week? I'm probably not. You know, it's um, not just here; just, it's everywhere. Yeah. Just everywhere. Well, hey, guys, if uh, you're watching us on YouTube or you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify uh, or wherever you get your podcast, uh, that well, YouTube, stick around. We're YouTube. We're, we're staying live. But uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, uh, why don't you go over to uh, patreon.com slash fightgamemedia if you want to join the conversation over on Patreon. Uh, YouTube, stick around, man. We've got, uh, we got a ton of news to talk about. We've got some breaking news and a lot of interesting things happening, happening in the world of wrestling. Before we get to the Patreon stuff, JD, why don't you go ahead and uh, you want to you want to plug your Kickstarter? Or... I'm a, yes, I yeah, want to plug my yeah. Kickstarter. Well, yeah. Who am I talking to? Yeah. <laughs> well, this is how I make my money. Yeah, we yeah. just launched a, we just launched a Kickstarter this week for my new novella. It's called Red Sunrise. I'm gonna break it down for you, real simple. Samurais versus vampires. Yeah, baby. Simple. Let's do it. Simple. Cheap too. Like um, this is this is it's really it's a really fun book, but it's a short book. It's a novella. It's only 150 pages. The last well, the last campaign I ran in the spring was for a thousand page three volume set. This is much more simple, much more stripped down. Um, right now we're three days into the campaign. I've got the most backers I've ever had at this point in the campaign. My funding is lower because again, cheaper product, which is fine. Right. That's what I want. I'm good with it. So if you can get on that, if you want to read some cool stuff, if you want to read this samurai vampire story, check out the red sunrise campaign. We've got it available on digital and on hardcover. So, you know, if you want something that will be, you want to read, something, read on your phone, you want to read your tablet, we can do that. If you want something a little bit more physical, that's good too. If you do want to spend some money, you can get every single book in the catalog. They're all for sale in there right now. And my personal favorite, my personal favorite, you can be a victim. Mike, for $250, I can kill you in the, yes. the book with a vampire. And hold you'd, on, be hold on. you'd be surprised I how got, often I sell these. I got a question. Please. For $250, can you kill somebody else that I want you to kill? I'll kill anybody you want. Okay. Okay. No, I think that's very interesting. I, man, I think think I might have some scratch on it. This is uh, this is one of my favorite reward tiers for all my books. I, I offer victimizations basically, and it always sells. So yeah, Red Sunrise <laughs> Kickstarter. Check it out. We're gonna be running for two more weeks. Awesome, man. Awesome. Everybody, go check that out. Um, and uh, and stick around, man. We got some uh, breaking news. All right, I I'm love so that, proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. That was teamwork, man. Teamwork yes, makes the dream work. Uh, our top story. Boom. We got Vince McMahon. <laughs> Sorry. His narrative. Uh, I know, I know. All right. He's not actually going to the CYN. But uh, last week, Vince McMahon resigned from the WWE in shame due to being, due to being a perennial sexual predator after leading the company for over 40 years. Paul Triple H Levesque, Levesque sorry, will uh, now take over as uh, head of creative and talent relations, while Stephanie McMahon and uh, Nick Khan will take on co-CEO roles. 
Um, so that's the big news. I, I know it's not exactly impact-related news. We typically wait for the very end of the show to do kind of what's happening in the rest of the world of wrestling, but I thought this was um, this was very topical, um, and it affects the the entire industry as a whole. This sure. is probably the biggest story to happen in wrestling in, in a very, very long time. I would say you know WCW dying and Chris Benoit are probably the, the next two biggest stories, I right? I so, would agree with you, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's going to have uh, far-reaching effects all over pro wrestling. Um, and uh, JD, should AEW be worried with Triple H now being in charge of WWE Creative? Oh, I thought we were going to cue the next video. Um, I don't. Are we going to cue the next video? Or... No. Okay. Sorry. Mike and I, went right. high. we went high in production value this week. Um. <laughs> Sorry. So let's let's brace for debate. Uh, JD, you go first. Do you think AEW should even be worried at all that Triple H has taken over? Worry is a should you be interested? Should you be following the news? Should you be on top of what's going on? Absolutely. But I mean, like the reactions to these people on Twitter, you get the most calm reactions all the time. You get a nice tempered views. People are like, it's over. And this is like Dave. Dave's like, oh, this is like bad for Tony Khan. This is terrible. Yeah. Mike, refresh my memory. Who was booking NXT in, in September of 2019? Triple H. Who was booking NXT when AEW had its worst episode ever, that Dark Order fiasco, where, uh, remember that whole thing, who followed it up with an awards show when AEW was dark for two weeks? Who followed up with an awards show? That'd be Triple H, yep. And then came back and lost, then never came back, and never came close to catching him again. That would be Triple H. Who booked Mei Ying, the 10,000-year-old woman, right? Yeah. Yep, that'd I mean, be Triple H. Yep, he did, he was, didn't always hit home runs. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying, and it's fine. Like, and and I enjoyed Black and Gold era of NXT. Who didn't? It was really good wrestling. Oh yeah, but the idea that oh my god, Triple H is in control of of WWE creative now, it's over. I think it's a little over the top. Will the shows be better? Absolutely, can't possibly be worse. Will they be more <laughs> focused? Sure, yes. Well, I watched this week. Wasn't impressed. But I watched Raw this week. Everyone's like, oh, this is markedly better. I'm like, wow, I'm glad I've not been watching. But just the idea that his presence alone is going to change everything, you know, I think that's based on faulty logic. Because NXT, the NXT one is at its best. He had a constantly rotating cast, right? Everyone had a position to move, and then you were done, and you moved on. You don't have to use guys time and time again. That is challenging. When he did do that, we had, you know, Adam Cole in the Undisputed Era doing the same thing for two years. We had Johnny Gargano looking at his hands, wondering why he was so violent. Like, will it be better? Yes. But AEW beat him head-to-head when when Triple H was on there. That was his show. Yeah, yeah. It was his show, but I, I don't think that that's very fair to Triple H. Not that you have to be fair to... Uh, I don't want to be, ever be fair to multi-millionaires. <laughs> Yeah, but I so one of the reasons why I stopped watching NXT um, is because Vince would take all of the top the my favorite talent. He would bring them up to the main roster and then ruin them. And oftentimes he would do it in the middle of a story. Right. They would be in the middle of a storyline and they treated like it didn't even exist. And so when you you got the bigger audience on SmackDown and Raw and and they tell they remind you time and time again that NXT doesn't matter, Mm -hmm. eventually you're gonna start believing it. And that's what happened. And I started and I NXT was my the black and gold from twenty fourteen to 
2018, 2019 timeframe, that was my favorite TV show. My that was my, my only mandatory show that I watched every week was NXT. Okay. And then they, they, they extended two hours and immediately Vince started taking the talent and he was setting Triple H up to fail. Now, I do think that he might have competed a little bit better had that not happened. I think that's a pretty fair statement that if he wasn't getting sabotaged left and right and having his guys taken from him and not only taking from him, they're taken from him in the middle of stories and they go up to the main roster and they weren't being used. Or if they were, they're being used in piss poor storylines and, and made to look like fools. Killer Cross went. And as the world champion, went and lost to Jeff Hardy in like 30 seconds, had to come back and defend his world title on NXT, right, immediately. I think if those things didn't happen, the competition, I'm not saying NXT would have won. I don't think they would have won because AEW had the bigger stars. They had Jericho, they had Moxley, they had all these guys, they had the Young Bucks, Omega. They had the better talent on their show. NXT had some advantages because they had the bigger budget and they were on USA Network. So there was a little bit of advantage there. But I think that overall, AEW had the better talent pool to, to pull from. Um, had that not happened, I think the competition would have been a little bit closer for a little bit longer. Um, now, with Triple H having the full thing at his disposal and the limitations on talent of what talent can be on Raw and what talent can be on SmackDown, I, I think should AEW be worried? No. Will they have a tougher time retaining talent when it comes to contract time? Uh, would would Kenny Omega start to look a little bit a better option at WWE going forward with a guy like Triple H in charge? I think that he would have a better chance of being the top star in WWE now that Vince is gone. So those are the things that they should look into. That I agree with. I do think, and that's good for wrestling where guys have opportunities. Oh, to work absolutely. That's great for wrestling. I think that um, WWE being more willing to look at indie guys again or guys from AEW or whatever is a good thing. But I don't think that's with tri triple h comes and that's the thing like cody rhodes already proved that's the thing cody rhodes yeah. was a mid-card eh, guy in wwe and he became a star outside of him became a big star in aew and then he goes yep. to wwe and gets the treatment like that's not that was nothing to do with triple h that was cody and vince right that's that thing i think what it comes down to is this idea we have this idea that if wwe is good that's all people will watch and I think Dave was doing this too on his show because there. I think it's a. I think it's a misapplied concept to think that if WWE is good, then people will be satiated, because history has proven when wrestling is at its most popular, we have multiple options, right? Yeah. The wrestling boom of the '80s. Everyone likes to credit Vince McMahon and Hulk Hogan, but the simple fact of the matter was the Von Erichs were getting TV ratings and selling out stadiums in Texas. Dusty Rhodes was doing his thing in the NWA Crockett. Right. Everybody, everybody was making money in the maze. Vern Gagne was doing well in 85, 86. Right. It's not till later in the decade when the boom ends that everybody but WWE and, and WCW start to falter. In 97, 98, 99, when we have that second wrestling boom, we have WWE and WCW. Right. We have options. ECW gets popular. When WWE gets to do its thing on its own, then things contract. Right. Thank you, Scope. Like, this is what I'm saying is like this idea that AEW fans only are watching AEW because they don't like WWE. <clears throat> and then yeah. if WWE was suddenly good, they'd stop watching. I think that's faulty. I think that's, that that's my biggest argument. <clears throat> I think that that is, that is a false premise. I, I do think that. So I just know from my personal experience, I, 
kind of gave up on WWE in about 2017, 2018 timeframe because it was just, it just was awful. And AEW came along and presented this new thing. Um, Impact was there and I thought they were doing good TV shows, but they weren't presenting themselves as big, right? They weren't this big production. They weren't this big thing. They weren't presenting themselves as something that could be uh, competitive to the machine, right? They were just kind of like in their own little world. AEW comes along, they're on TNT and they're, they're presenting wrestling the way that I liked presenting wrestling. And I, I really enjoyed it. So I think the, one of the reasons why they were, they were a necessity is because WWE had driven away so much of their audience. Agreed. And so they, be, they became a, a, a major necessity in, in the U S. And um, I think that if WWE gets better, will that mean people stop watching AEW? I think AEW's audience is their audience right now. I think I what they're averaging right now is going to continue. Cause I think like, like you were saying, it's, it's it's not MLB versus AAA, right? It is the Yankees and the Red Sox. And if you're a Yankees fan, chances are you're going to stick with the Yankees. You, the Red Sox might have some players on their team, and you probably have, like to have some of those players on your team, but you're not going to support them until they're on your team. I think that's where we're at. Now, the Yankees have the deeper history, the bigger roots. WWE, right? WWE is the Yankees. They have the deeper history, the bigger roots. Um, and they have a lot more fans right now. They're going to be bigger going forward. But I, I don't think that them getting better is actually going to take away from the audience of AEW. I think where they're going to hurt is WWE is going to be more in play for guys like MGF, guys like Kenny Omega, yeah. guys like the Young Bucks when their contracts come due. No, I agree with you on that. I think that is a smart point. I think that, and that's good for wrestlers. They're going to get paid more. They're going to have options. And they're going to be different. They're going to be different presentations of wrestling, which is fine. I look at from my own personal point of view. I've given up on WWE so many times yes. throughout the course of my life. Like in the mid, like when when Bret Hart lost to Shawn Michaels, I was watching WrestleMania and I said, "I'm done." And I'd stopped watching WWE for two years. I watched WCW. I was getting as much as I would get frustrated with Hulk Hogan. I had zero interest in watching Shawn Michaels as the champion. I'm that guy. I mean, I was a teenager. I did not like that guy. So that was me. When Steve Austin was the guy, I came back. Right. But when that whole oh, thing yeah. was done, it was very, yeah, there you go. Like there you when go. in 2004, it was very easy for me to go, I'm done with this. Right. So there you go. There you go. Russell, it's my custom made WrestleMania 13. 13. Yeah, like, baby. And like, that's the thing is like, I am, and I was checked out. I come back in WWE and I check out, I come back and I check out multiple times. If it's not for AEW New Japan, I'm not here. I mm-hmm. don't. And again, the things that I like about pro wrestling are not in WWE's um, DNA. You think Stephanie McMahon is really going to change the way they present things? You think they're not going to have scripted interviews? You think they're not going to be WWE? I mean, Triple H's like, we yeah. cannot run the main roster the way we run NXT. Correct. Will it be better? So, yes, but it's not yeah. going to be NXT. No, no, and, and it can't be. They can't be in a dimly lit little studio and and doing their things. And you can't have uh, Poppy on every show because that that worked because that was you know NXT was kind of and I liked it because I obviously like a metal fan. So mm-hmm. NXT was kind of like the heavy metal show. Um, and you can't really do that with Raw and SmackDown because WWE is celebrity wrestling. It is. That's 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 what it is. AEW is a bit grittier. 
Um, rumor has it that uh, WWE might go to TV 14, which means I don't think that we're going to get like the attitude era, like tons of sex and whatever and vulgarity. I don't think we're getting that, but I do think we might get a little bit more of a grittier product. And I think that's good too. I think that appeals more to me. Um, so I think we're there. The, the quality is going to be raised on both shows. And I think that's going to be good for everybody involved. I agree. I think that if WWE gets better, I'm more likely to watch WWE now. If they, yeah. now if Tony Khan freaks out and like starts doing a lot of bad booking and bad decision making, and they don't get a TV deal and their show gets unwatchable, I'll just stop watching that, like I did with WCW. Yeah, right. I love WCW. I was there till the end, but I mean, like my investment was low in 2000, very, very yeah. low. You know, I think that's what it, I mean. Like again, I just want everyone to pump the brakes a little bit. Like this, like this, like Triple H is Schrodinger's Booker. Everything that you don't like about wrestling, he is gonna fix. Everything yeah, you like, yeah. he's gonna embrace until proven otherwise. Yeah, yeah. But I do think, and I think, where you and uh, DJ Convoy, so everybody was like, like I think so many people felt like you were saying, "Don't get excited at all." No, I think it's go ahead to get excited, but proceed with caution. With yeah, this. that's all I'm saying. It's, proceed, temp- yeah, it's like. Proceed with caution. And yeah. I'm more, more of the case. Again, again, you should be excited. I I, I watched yeah, Raw I, for the first time in years this week. I, I watched I, almost a full hour of Raw, and then Logan Paul came out, and I turned it off. <laughs> bro, that was a bad segment. Holy yeah. moly. I couldn't believe I'm like, and this I watched it. But yep, this is WWE. You're always going to get the talk show segment because Piper's Pit was yeah. good 40 years ago, so we can't let that go. You know, right. it's just what they are. Like, they're not going to change that much of it. Is it – could it be better? Sure. Sure. If it is, I'll watch. If it's not, I got AEW, I got Impact, I got New Japan. I'm good. There, there you go. And Ring of Honor maybe down the road. Maybe. So. We'll see what they do with that. <laughs> Jerry's still yeah. on that one too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's. Uh, so this is an Impact podcast, so we'll go ahead and get to some Impact news. Um, so former Ring of Honor champion Jonathan Gresham – I said Impact news and we're talking Jonathan Gresham, sorry uh, – who, who who wrestled several matches in Impact earlier this year. There you go. As requested his release from a, uh, Ring of Honor and AEW, and it looks to be taking some time off from pro wrestling, although he may still appear at this weekend's uh, Ric Flair's last match. Uh, Gresham is scheduled to wrestle at Takeshita, Allen Angels, and Nick Wayne. This should be a banger if it actually goes through. Uh, according to Fightful, Gresham met with Tony Khan before the pay-per-view, uh, Death Before Dishonor, and was uh, already more heated than usual regarding the direction of his booking and character. But while their dialogue had been expected to stay private, details couldn't help but spill into the locker room as conversation increased in volume. It was a shouting match, essentially. And with the building security being able to hear it, initial reports stated that Gresham actually cussed Khan out. So, um, hey, hey, Mike, did you yeah. get the private chat I sent you? Or Jordan I, I'm, sent a tweet? I'm yeah, going okay. yeah, to get to that. I'm going to okay. kick that over to you. Um, so you can you can pull it. I, I don't have the screenshot of that, so I can't pull it up. But oh, okay. um, I can read yeah. it. I'll read yeah, it. Yeah, because I would have to convert the file if That's I did fine. that. I'll but, just uh, read it. I'll just read it yep. when you're ready. And okay. uh, earlier today, a new report from Fightful Select was posted stating that Gresham has uh, been uh, absent since losing the title and that he's not factored into any AEW ROH plans since asking his release from the company. Uh, there had been three companies interested in Gresham before he joined um, AEW and Ring of Honor, and Impact was definitely one of those companies. Uh, there was uh, no word on whether AEW has granted Gresham's re- release request. Uh, JD, what do you make of this, and could you see Gresham returning to Impact? So before that was we go, a lot, sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Before I get into some, here's Jordan just tonight. Jordan Grace, our Knockouts champion, uh, tweeted this. I promise you, this is her words, not mine. I promise you, you don't have to believe everything you read online. Ninety percent of quote dirt sheet unquote news is exaggerated, completely made <laughs> up, or taken out of context. Right. 
she also gives no con- ironically enough she gives actually right. no context to that that's <laughs> yeah. irony but at the same time what else could she be talking about right well and then why why did it take her I mean, this stuff happened on saturday and she was silent until thursday during impact and then she decided oh no by the way they're lying i know her she was online that whole time she could have said something but she didn't and just yeah. it's it's not like jordan grace is not one to to dig into the fracas on social media. It's not like she stays above it. You know, she's very happy to wallow in the mud of social media. You know, it's Jordan Grace. So, um, yeah. Do so I, it, if, if what, if something's not true, which part is not true? Is it right. all not true? Or is there something not true about this? Be specific. Instead, you're just going to vague tweet. So I don't have any respect for that. I'm not going to pay attention to it. And, Sorry. This is, and I think people don't understand is that like, um, but like Tony Khan has been really good at utilizing the quote unquote dirt sheets yeah. to, to push um, his ideas, right? He learned from the great Eddie Gilbert, who was the master of it, right? Yep. Nobody was better at getting his ideas out through the dirt sheets than Eddie Gilbert and later Paul Heyman. Paul so, Heyman, yeah. I mean, like, so something happened clearly. Like you called it. Like I was driving at the time, and I remember stopping. <laughs> I was I stopped and I got something to eat, and while well, I was COVID positive, which I didn't know at the time. Um, and I saw your tweet said Gresham has boo boo face. Yeah, and Mike, that was eighty percent of the reason I bought the show is because I wanted to see for myself, dude, what he did. And you were a hundred percent right, Jonathan. The Gresham. moment, yeah, the moment he came through that 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 ring, I was like, this guy is losing. He didn't have the mask on. He's wearing a t-shirt. I was like, and I said it, I was like, Gresham has a look on his face. Like he is not happy about what's about to happen. I think we get a new champ and he lost the title in 13 minutes in the opening match on the show. And I was like, and after that, when I saw it, how quick it was, I was like, Oh, he's, he's got to be done. And sure enough, the next day he'd requested his release. Um, I think that was the, how do I say this? The Briscoes FTR was the right call closing the show. Yeah. 100%. 100%. So- um, because the world title match had not been built up very well for whatever, you know, whatever reasons. Um, no. That said, I don't know, man. I mean, I don't do if they really if if AEW were to release him, should he go to impact? Yeah. Hell yeah. Sign him up tomorrow. Oh, um, yeah. Do I. Th- this is where I get controversial. Do I think Jonathan Gresham is a main eventer? Could 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 they tell the right story and build him up? Yeah, they probably could, but I I see him in the X division, and I I think that's a good spot for him. And I think that him and Alexander could headline with Alexander retaining the title. Um, when on he a was here, plus special. When, when he was here last time, he was not as the Ring of Honor World Champion. They smartly, by the way, they smartly yeah. defined him down. Right. They did not put Jonathan Gresham on the same level as Josh Alexander. No. They were smart. That's smart of Impact. I give them credit. He's an outside champion. They did the right thing. Um, everyone should value them. We talked about it in our Brace for Impact chat. I said everybody should want more. I said John Moxley should ask for more, and he's the champion as matches every week. Everybody in this business should ask for more and should fight for more and should always want to be the best and the, and the top guy. Right? I'm a firm believer in that. So I understand Jonathan Gresham going to war for what he believes in. Good for him. Yeah. I think Claudio's a better champ, a better guy to start your brand off than Jonathan Gresham. Yeah. Like I said, um, they did him dirty. They did they did him dirty. I saw that tweet a lot. They, yeah, that was Chris, that was Chris Bay. I, I think where they oh, did it was him Bay dirty, that said that? Oh, okay. I didn't Bay, realize yeah. that. I, I think where they did him dirty 
was they they turned him heel. They didn't really explain it to him, and he showed up, and all of a sudden he's being managed by Tully Blanchard, and and then they announced that hey he's a heel, and then oh now you're defending your title against Claudio. Oh, and by the way, you're going to lose. As opposed to they could have they didn't they they tried to start a new story that was going to end immediately. As opposed to hey let's let's do the match and and he can lose and then turn heel. You know what I mean? Like that's the move. That I but agree they, with. They 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 turned him heel. It was an awkward heel turn. It didn't really catch any steam or buzz. He immediately and he became like an afterthought to Claudio instead of like, hey, have Claudio win. And I think Claudio is probably the right guy to to, to lead the company right now and have him turn heel after the match, attack him, bring in the embassy, bring in Tully Blanner Enterprise, whatever they're gonna do, do it at that point. But they didn't do it. They they built it poorly, I thought. I don't know, I don't disagree with you at all. Um I don't think there's any way that he does. If the ma- if the plan match was Gresham versus Claudio, there's no way Gresham doesn't get overshadowed by Claudio, no matter yeah. what, no matter what the booking is. Um, do I? Now I've had this conversation with my friend John Muse bunch. Um, do I think Tony Khan has taken on too much with this <coughs> Ring of Honor thing and has become a little too slapdash with his booking? Yeah, I do. I, I yeah. find I find a lot of it to be very unfocused. The problem is, is that it's it's going to look like this ring of honor thing drew 40,000 pay-per-view buys, which is a lot. That's a lot for ring of honor. Yeah. So, it could, uh, if it, if you put the name AEW on it, it draws a hundred though, which which, which is fine. But I, you know, and that's the thing like, though, if it's like, no, here's where I disagree. It's like, if you do the same thing, that were NXT, if you call it WWE and it, you know, it's the same deal, but I mean, they yeah. have to be a different purpose, right? Like you didn't sure. want to buy it just for just for the tape library. Like if the idea is to keep Ring of Honor running, you keep Ring of Honor running, and you let it be the smaller company. I don't foresee that as a bad. I personally do not foresee that as a bad I, thing. Yeah, I agree. I think he just needs to give it to somebody else. But. Um, I agree with that. I think he's because I think I think since he bought Ring of Honor AEW, the storytelling has gone down, the booking has gone down, a lot of hot shotting and a lot of cold matches just for the sake of cold matches so everything we talked about before i agree with that i think yep. this week is the best show they've done all year it was the most focused show they did and it also Tri- had the least Triple H, baby. presence hey, oh, it could be Triple H could, effect oh yeah no again whatever <laughs> a rising tide lists all ships so Absolutely. i mean like whatever whatever has to get guys focused is great i i'm of the mind that if you're taping dark and elevation anyway just fucking call it Ring of Honor and be done with there it. There you go. Right? And there you go. And if, if you have a TV deal lined up with HBO or whatever, fine. Great. Good. Fantastic. Just do something and because it's hurting. And again, I don't have a problem with the champions showing up on the different shows. I don't. But I, I don't think you're going to see Dalton Castle and the boys on an AEW show. I know for a fact you're not going to see the Briscoes. No. No. Um, but to, to bring this back to impact, uh, should yeah, impact days. sign Gresham 1000%. Sure. I thought he was great. His match with Saban was insane. His match with Macklin was really good. Um, and he had some unfinished business. He was supposed to wrestle Eddie Edwards and they, uh, he got the concussion and they ended up having to pull out of rebellion. Uh, I'd like to, I'd like to actually get that match eventually. And grace is in the company long-term. So um, bring, bring him in, keep her happy, keep him happy. Let's do it. I think that the, that concussion wound up hurting him in a lot of different ways as far as the AEW thing too. I think that really derailed a lot of what he was doing. I think the poorly again, all concussions are poorly timed. Second hot take, I don't think he's getting released. Uh you think they're gonna hold him hostage, huh? I don't know about holding him hostage. I think they're gonna try to smooth it over. Because yeah, I don't they think could. They, I don't think I don't think Tony Khan wants to let a guy like that go. I think I think he's I think he's smart enough to say yeah I probably fucked this up I'm gonna try to smooth it over I'm gonna give a guy some time off and try to smooth it over only yeah. Brian Cage gets banned 
Yeah. Brian Cage is the only one that they're like, hey, you know, we're going to extend your contract and we're still not going to use you. Something, happened. Guy, Something happened, man. Like, yo, he's, he, like he, he pissed somebody off. He um, really did. But uh, before we get to some more news, let's go ahead. We got official little silver. Uh, thank you, Scope, by the way. Scope uh, yeah. gave us a uh, hundred stars. Uh, I also like shirt Scope, by the way, just for yeah. the record. <laughs> so uh, do you think Shane McMahon would work in creative for impact or be a great, uh, no, I think he, if he's going to do any type of wrestling, it's going to be like if Vince McMahon decides to uh, start up another wrestling promotion, if he sells all his shares and like, he's like 80 years old, he's like, fuck it. Let's do it again. Uh, that'd be the only time he'd go there. But even then, Vince doesn't even want him in WWE doing any type of creative. He fired his ass earlier this year. So I, I don't see yeah twice. I don't see him having anything to do with, with a pro wrestling going forward, unless it's working for his dad. And even then his dad doesn't like him that much. I have a, I have a buddy uh, who works for WWE who, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> Shane is a, Shane is a great guy who has terrible ideas. Yeah, that's what that is what they say about him over there. Um, Shane McMahon has never gotten the ball for a reason. Yeah. You hear some of his ideas and you're like, oh, yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's go ahead. And, we got a couple things. Uh, I'm just going to do rapid fire here. So Killer Kelly signed a new multi-year agreement with Impact. Uh, so that's great. Good news. We were big Killer Kelly fans. Uh, she said it was a no brainer. She said it's what I wanted. I was famished for wrestling. I had a little bit of the taste uh, before, and it just made me want more and more and more, like Billy Idol, more, more, more. And the fact that I was back in Portugal and not able to wrestle, and I basically haven't since my last Impact appearance, uh, she's only had a couple matches. So, yeah, uh, she's going to be sticking around for a while. Um, so good, good news there. Uh, Dave Meltzer was asked on Twitter, and I actually have I have the picture here. Let me see. Dave Meltzer was asked on Twitter. Here um, said, uh, what if uh, Ring of Honor w- was for sale in 2018? Do you think uh, Tony Khan would have bought them and just uh, brought in whatever talent he wanted to start AEW with? Meltzer says, I don't think so. Impact really wanted to sell uh, to him with the idea that he'd start out with an infrastructure and he didn't buy them. So that's the the famous story from 2018 from uh, All All In when uh, Tony Khan was there. Impact, or I guess Anthem officials. Um, they, they, this is before they purchased access, by the way, they were just, they were on pop TV. They knew they're about Ooh, to lose their TV. They were on the, they the, were, hunting, the hunting channel at the time. They weren't, they weren't even at the hunting channel just yet. Sure? So they okay. were, no, and 20, they didn't start that until January, 2019. Okay. So this was before they knew they were losing their TV deal and they were moving to the hunting channel. You got this new billionaire in play. And I think they were, they probably tried to talk Kenny Omega into coming in and because they had the Don Callis relationship there. There and and Len Aspers from Winnipeg and obviously they didn't, just didn't have the scratch to do that, so they 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 made a pitch to Tony Khan, but Tony Khan wasn't interested because he just wanted to start from scratch. He wanted to do his own thing, um, and the, he actually of like hid from them, like avoided them like the plague when they were at All In because there were Impact stars at the at All In, and uh, he was actually hiding from them, worried that they were going to try to pitch him again. Um, that is a hilarious story. Cause remember Don yeah. Callis was on commentary for that show and he was, is, and, and was well, he, had a, was he working for impact at the time? Or is that before he was, he, he was the EVP of impact. Okay. He's also the announcer for new Japan, but not only that, uh, Tessa Blanchard was on that show. Brian Cage was on the show when he still was with impact. So there were a lot of impact talent on uh, all in. 
Yeah. Oh, they were. I, I was there. I was at the show. Brian yeah. Cage, Jordan Grace had had great moments there in that battle royal. Um, yeah. That's still one of my favorite shows I've ever been to, to be honest with you. That all in 20. Oh, yeah. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Do you think Tony Khan, I mean, like, do you think Tony Khan made the right call by starting yes. from scratch? Or do you think it would have been better to start with the infrastructure of Impact at the time? When um, I, I think I think if Anthem had to do it over again, they would have bought the tape library and started from scratch the way that Tony Khan did. Because when they had, um, if you buy Impact at the time, in two, you got to remember, go back to 2017, 2016, there's a lot of baggage there. They had turned off a lot of people. And, um, and, you know, Anthem buys the company. They bring in Jeff Jarrett in 2017. That goes even, that goes sideways. So at the time, they're looking at getting rid of the company. They had uh, bought a lemon, they thought. Thankfully, eventually, Demore and Callus are able to balance the books and actually um, get that thing straightened out, work out a lot of the contracts, cut the fat. They got rid of Bobby Lashley, EC3, all these guys that were really expensive. They got rid of all those guys, slimmed down the roster to where they only have like 10 to 15 people under contract and they're using freelancers outside of that, kind of like the All Japan model, the ECW model. So that stuff was still in progress. That hadn't happened yet. Now that uh, you know Anthem bought access tv um i i don't think that they'd be i'm not saying they wouldn't be willing to sell i think if somebody made them the right offer they absolutely would sell like i said everything's for sale if you got enough money right mm-hmm. but i don't think that i don't think they would have actively pitched it today if tony if, if a tony Khan were to come around i don't think they would pitch it today the way that they were looking to in 2018 um but did tony Khan make the right decision absolutely because if they bought um if they bought impact, there was a ton of baggage with impact at the time so i don't i don't think that that would have been the right move for him Impact was also little slivers in the chat saying they were doing like a million on pop. That's not accurate. They were doing like 400,000 no, at the tops. 400. Yeah, that 400,000. That's um, Spike. Spike, they were yeah. doing a million. Like yep. kind of at the end. Um, yeah, I just wondered. I mean, like, because you get – it's a different company, and I don't – Vince Russo did a number on this place in Dixie Carter, right? So, well, I mean, like, and, they had to rebrand completely because of all the bad stuff they brought toward the end. And Hulk and Hulk Hogan and, and Eric Bischoff. Don't yeah. let them get away no, with their never, shit. Yeah. Never – no, you're right. Never let Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff – they absolutely ruined this place, right? They did. They absolutely destroyed it. Um, so you, you had that. I mean, it's so crazy to me that Time Warner – at the time, Time Warner, Warner Media – would have a conversation but with Tony Khan about a brand-new property – but if you'd have pitched, if you'd have pitched TNA, they'd have been like, no, we're good. Yeah, you know, isn't that isn't that crazy to think that? No, I agree too. He was totally. It's so weird to me because we talk about prestige and stuff like that. AEW had zero prestige when they started this place, and Impact with the long history, twenty year history now, it had former NWA ties. Different, right? It's thing that he never yeah. would have bought bad baggage. You know, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yep, I but I do think right now if a somebody were to come along right now, Impact uh, with you know they got twenty years of television, they got this massive tape library, they got the their own they have their own network right. They actually have like mm-hmm. an like Impact Wrestling channel. That's a legitimate channel on cable services right now. So mm-hmm. they have their own channel, their own app. They got all these assets. I think it is a much better buy right now than it was in twenty eighteen. So well, it's, it's if somebody were to come along and purchase it, it's yeah. propping up access. And Fight Network. And, and Fight and Network that, Canada, yeah. Yeah. And that's and that's why Anthem bought it is because it was the, the highest rated show on Fight Network. At the time, they 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 had UFC at the time. And Impact was still the highest rated show on, on Fight Network. So um, like they, they absolutely do. But uh, 
Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, it's funny that you talk about that because we keep talking about now that Nick Khan, this, by the way, this, this co-CEO thing in WWE, that ain't going to last. There's some, no. Game of Thrones, <laughs> there's some Game of Thrones stuff going on behind our backs that we don't really know all about yet. Um, yeah. It makes a whole lot more sense to buy an asset outright than to lease it permanently and spend a lot of money when you continuously lease it. So yeah. um, for the record, my money is on Comcast purchasing WWE within the next four to five years. I, I that's been my money since Nick Khan came in and he started cutting people loose and trimming the fat in uh, in WWE, which it was, you know, kind of heartless thing to do at the time. But if you look back on it, maybe if that's what they were trying to do, get uh, get their profits up so that way they can sell. Probably right thing is a little strong, but business wise is probably the smart thing to do. But I think uh, it helped wrestling, to be honest with you. I think it, it's provided I, enough talent to help AEW because AEW, to the, you compare that roster in 2019 to where it is now, it's you, it's unbelievable. I think you compare the impact roster to where it is now yeah. to where it was back in 2018. Well, 2018, there a lot of AEW guys there, but like when AEW, like from where it was in 2020 before all those releases happened. Impact's got a stronger roster right now than they had. Like WWE was in such a horde mode for such a long time that they had guys they couldn't possibly use. So yeah. at the end of the day, maybe it was the right thing to do. You know, I, I, a bit heartless, but I think, uh, I think it didn't work out for every single person. Poor No Way Jose don't have a job, but uh, for a lot of people, yeah, it ended up he's working. Had out. He's had opportunities, though. He was yeah, here for, yeah. a, for a cup of coffee and didn't really, you know, like I don't. There's a lot of people that get fired from WWE and you never hear from them again because they really don't want to be in professional wrestling. They just want to be yeah. in WWE. And those they, people they want to be celebrity wrestlers and they aren't going to be successful. Yeah. Right. I mean, so I have no, I have no, if you're going to be Drew McIntyre, that dude got fired and then decided I'm going to be the best professional wrestler in the world. And for a long time, he was one of the top independent guys in the world and helped rebuild himself right here in Impact. And now look yep. at him. Right. Yep. If that's going to be you, Cody Rhodes is another example of that. Great. But there's a whole lot more guys that get released that you never hear from again. So. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Well, hey, uh, that's going to do it for us this week, folks. Again, uh, YouTube, if you're watching us on YouTube, please go to patreon.com slash fightgamemedia and uh, drop drop us a line over there. You get this content every single week and you get it early. Uh, usually this YouTube stuff, uh, actually, you're not getting it until almost like late Friday afternoon. But we went live this week to celebrate JD being back and uh, JD uh, back in quarantine, baby. Let's do it. So, yeah. uh, But uh, hey, uh, that's going to do it for us. And until next week. Mahalo.